chapter 2, I remember when I came here in view of a call, I sat down with the deacons, and I believe Brother Jeff Foster was at the front of this, and Brother Billy Don, and they asked me, do you like bluegrass music? And they were setting me up for what they were doing, and I said, well, not really. I said, you know, I like a little bit of everything. And they said, do you like Elvis? And I said, well, no, not really. And, uh, and they said, well, we have a bluegrass group in our church, and old Ronnie here sounds just like Elvis. 
And, uh, and, but God has blessed him in a mighty way. Thank you for allowing the Lord to speak through you today. And uh, man, we, this church is full of people who love the Lord and have given themselves and their talents back to Jesus. And uh, we have more talent than any church I've ever seen in my life. And God's been good to us. I do want to mention this this morning. Uh, tonight we're going to come back and we're going to have a business meeting. And uh, as you know, a little over two years ago, we voted to build a building. Uh, two months ago, uh, we had a set of plans, about $40,000 worth of plans, that we voted not to build. And we didn't believe it was God's will. We elected a new committee. We started over from scratch. And this new committee has a building plan to present to the church tonight. As y'all look around and see, we still have a need. God is still adding. God is still providing. And God is leading us. We're going to build a building because God told us to build. And so be a part of this. Be a part of this. This is something great. This is something awesome. Be here tonight for this, but most of all, pray about this. Make this a matter of prayer. Isn't it good to be in the Lord's house? Genesis chapter 2. Y'all stand again. You've been standing up and down all day. If there's anything worth standing for, it's the Word of God. I ask for your attention a little while. I know our lives are busy. I know we got a busy day. We have plans. But let's set all that to the side for just a few minutes. And let's focus on the Word of God. Well, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be more than a few minutes, okay? So I don't want anybody to call me a liar. But about 20, 30 minutes and we're going to be done. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make him a help I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her into the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. If you would look over in chapter 3, one verse in verse 20. Genesis 3 and 20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, I need your help this morning. Lord, help me to preach full of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need your help. I have weaknesses, I have faults, and I have failures. And Lord, I need you to preach this sermon today. Lord, I need you to open our hearts and to touch this service. Lord, I don't want to do anything without you. I don't want to do anything without your unction, without your touch, and without your hand. Dear God, this is not about a man this morning, but this is about you. And this is about lifting you up. 
And Lord, I praise you for all that you've done in this place and for our church and for our lives and for our families. Dear God, I pray you give us the strength to cut the outside world out for a little while so that we can focus on the things of you. Dear God, save in this service today. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us today. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on Eve, the mother of all living. God gave Adam the right to name the woman, and he called her Eve. The Hebrew word Eve means to live, to have life, to give or restore life. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20, the Bible said Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. As we're here today and we celebrate Mother's Day and this day that we recognize our mothers, we go to the very first mother, Eve. She is the mother of all living. She is the mother of everything. She's the first woman to exist. And I don't want to just pick apart uh, the, the mother, but I want to look at the woman. And I want to look at the, the value of the woman and the life of the woman. And as I was being raised, my daddy had a, a, a strict line that I had to walk as a boy and as a child. And one of those lines that I had to walk was there was this amount of respect that I was to show a woman. And everybody, but especially a woman. And the first woman that I was raised to respect was my mama. Because if I didn't respect her, I got my tail tore up. And if I didn't say yes ma'am and, and, and no ma'am and all of this, then I got my tail tore up because there was this line of reverence that you are to respect the woman. You are to respect your mother. You're supposed to say yes ma'am and you're supposed to not tell her to hush and to shut up. I've heard kids tell their mamas, just shut up. I could only imagine. I'd have a high heel right between my eyes, I guarantee you. I was taught to respect and, and learn to respect that office of woman and mother. We didn't tell our mother we didn't like the food. I'll never forget the worst whooping my brother ever got. He didn't get many whoopings because he was the favorite. But the worst whooping he ever got is he told my mama how awful the soup was. And my daddy tore him up right there at the dinner table. Because we were taught that there is this respect that you are to have for other people, but also the woman and the mother. Do you remember several years ago when the group Black Lives Matter came out? And then from that started all these other groups. But I want you to understand something. All lives matter. And I believe in our country and our nation we have lost the value of a human life. We treat people like trash. We treat people like they have no value. We kill more babies in this country than we can ever fathom or comprehend. We have lost the value of human life. We have thrown our women to the side. We have uh, degraded them. We have uh, ashamed them. And I'm telling you, we have lost respect for the office and the, and the role of a woman and the role of a wife and the role of a mother. And I'm telling you, we ought to respect the role of a woman. We ought to respect the role of the wife. And we ought to respect the role of the mother. You know why? Because God told us to. Kids, He told you to honor your mother. And you love her. And I'm 34 years old and I still got to live by that. 
You better love your mama all the days of your life. And you respect that role that God has placed in your life. But we got in this big kick that only this certain group matters and this certain group matters. But child of God, everybody matters. And we must understand that the role of a woman is a special role that God placed in our life. And I could talk about men and I could talk about the special role they play. Father's Day is coming, but today's Mother's Day. And we're going to look at the role of the woman this morning and we're going to be done. But I want us to increase the value of our respect for ladies and our respect for our wives and our respect for our mothers. Amen, church? And I want that value to rise. And I believe when somebody is truly in love with Jesus, he will truly be in love with every creature that he's created. And I believe that if we'll fall in love with Jesus and put Jesus number one, that we'll love every woman, every man, and every role that we have in our life. I want you to notice, number one, the beauty of her existence. In Genesis 2, in verse 18, it said, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Number one, I want you to notice the beauty of her existence. She was made for the purpose of fellowship. God created in six days everything that we have on this earth. And one of the most beautiful things that we find in the book of Genesis is this. Every time God created, He looked back and behold, it was good. Everything that He had done in Genesis 1 and chapter 2 was good. Everything was good. We do not find one negative place until chapter 2 in verse 18. He created the sun, He created the moon, the stars, behold, it's good. He created the trees and the rivers, behold, it's good. He created the man, behold, it's good. And then after the man was created, He said in verse 18, It is not good that the man should be alone. Everything up to this point in place was good. Did God make a mistake? Absolutely not. God knows everything He's doing. Amen? But this man was on this earth by himself. Why did God create man? For fellowship. God created us to fellowship with Him. This man was put put in place in the Garden of Eden. And he said, it is not good that man should dwell alone. Aren't you glad that God did not want us to be isolated? He did not want us to live a lonely life. He did not want us to be by ourselves. May I tell you that God don't want us to go in our homes and lock ourselves in and push everybody out. I want you to know that God gave us a helpmeet. God has given us one another. And when He looked at man, He said, it's not good that man dwell alone. He said he needs fellowship and I'm going to give him a woman for fellowship. I want you to know that men, the reason that God has placed women in our life is for fellowship. For us to commune. I'm telling you, your spouse today ought to be your best friend. Your mama ought to be one of your best friends. The reason that God created the woman was for fellowship. And ladies, understand the reason that you have us is for more than just taking out the trash, amen. It's for fellowship. I want you to know as spouses, and I love taking out the trash. Let's just get that out of the way. I love to do it, I'm telling you. But the reason that we exist is for fellowship with one another. 
We're not here to be ugly to each other. We're not here to downgrade each other. We're not here to be bitter against one another. We're not here to be hateful to one another. I cannot understand how a man could hit a woman. That's not what God designed and that's not what God intended. The reason that God made one another, man and woman, is for fellowship. Your spouse ought to be your best friend. Understand what a blessing it is as a man that I have a woman in my life that I can fellowship with. The whole world can go by the wayside. But as long as I have lace at my side, man, I'm telling you, I'm good to go because that's my fellowship. That's my fellowship. And every day, and there's times that she gets home and she wants to talk about her day. And there's times I don't want to talk about her day. I want to sit there and do nothing. Y'all have all been there. Come on, me and be honest. That's right. But she wants to talk about her day. But that's why God gave us one another. To have somebody to talk to. To fellowship with. To commune with. Could you imagine living life by yourself? I tell people all the time, man, when Lacey and the kids go out of town, I'm rejoicing. Praise God, there's silence in the house. And that one night of silence, that second day, Man, it gets lonely. Hey, man, I'm calling Lacey. When are you coming home? Well, I told you a few days. Well, come on home. Man, I was getting them out of the door when they left. Because God made us that way to have that natural desire to fellowship. The man and the woman is made for the fellowship of one another. But not only that, was made for the purpose of fulfillment. Notice verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. May I tell you what fulfills me in this life after my relationship with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is my relationship with my wife. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when God made a woman, He didn't take the dust of the ground or the dirt of the ground and, and, and make a mold like He did Adam. He took a part of the man and took that rib out of man, okay, to make the woman. He made woman out of man. That means the woman goes with the man and the man with the woman. Because the picture here is that as men, we are missing a rib. God took our rib to make our woman. And that woman fulfills us. We have a natural longing as men to have this fulfillment of a woman. I'm going to tell you something, men. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be hilarious. But another man can never fulfill that. Because he's not the missing rib. The woman is the missing rib. What fulfills a man is a woman, and what fulfills a woman is a man. Because God made us that way. You go out in creation, you go out in nature, and every species from dogs to cats to cows to, to, to horses, we could go on down the line, Brother Allen, everywhere you look, nature takes over how God created them. And it's always male and female. It's always boy and girl. It's always man and woman. Everywhere you look in every species, they never cross, they never change it up. They do what is natural and the natural longing that God put within them. And I'm telling you, God puts within a man. That man, they've, I'm telling you, when I was a teenage boy, I got sick. I was sick over women. Man, I'm telling you, I had to have a woman. Y'all don't laugh a little bit. It's all right. And I searched and I searched and I finally found the best one. Amen. 
That pretty woman right there. Man, I'm getting points this morning. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I can't live life without her because that's the one God chose for me. And the very day that I said I do to her, the very day that we made these vows to be married, she fulfilled that missing part in me. She fulfills me, and I fulfill her, hopefully. Amen? That's why God made us this way. And understand the world is going out, and the world just thinks, well, we're going to change it. And you wake up, and you, if you want to be a man today and a woman tomorrow, you do that, friend. That's not how it works. God's God. He's the creator. He gets to choose. Amen? Amen. And God, God knows what he's doing. He made us for fulfillment. That's why same-sex marriage and homosexuality does not work in the span of God's plan because that's not how God made it. Amen. There's that natural longing for the fulfillment of a woman. Not only was she made for the purpose of fulfillment, but she was made for the purpose of unifying the flesh. Notice in verse 23. Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Here's the very first marriage in verse 24. Therefore shall man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife. They shall be one flesh. They shall be one flesh. Fellowship, fulfillment, and bless God, the unifying of the flesh. She fulfilled me. And as when we do what God tells us to do in marriage, and we leave our father and mother behind, and we cleave together, we become one flesh. We have been married 12 years. Am I right? Okay, I got worried there. <laughs> Every year gets better. Every year gets stronger. Every year gets sweeter and sweeter. And I tell her all the time, I just cannot believe I love you even more today than I did yesterday. And I really mean it. I'm not just doing it for extra points. I really mean it. It's amazing how every day gets sweeter when you're with the one that God chose for you. I'm telling you, when you cleave unto one another and you give yourself to each other, husbands, you ought to give yourself to your wife. I'm going to say that again. You're going to amen this time. Husband, you ought to give yourself to your wife. Wives, you ought to give yourself to your husbands. You ought to leave your father and mother behind and start that family and fellowship and love on one another. And when the times get rough and the times get hard, bless God, quit running away from each other and run to one another. The Bible says cleave unto one another. Me and Lacey, we've got two rules. And it's been tough keeping these two rules. But we've had two rules. She knows what I'm about to say. We don't go to bed mad, and we don't leave the house mad. And we've had some late nights. We've had some events that we were late for. I said we're not going to go to bed mad, and we're not going to leave mad, because the Bible said you cleave unto one another. This jump, well, I'm going to go take a break. That's not how you get things right. You get things right by cleaving together and by joining yourself too in love. I'm telling you, my dad used to have a phrase, get the honey back in the honeymoon. I'm telling you, in marriages today, we have lost the honey. Amen? We need to get the excitement back in the marriage. We need to get the fellowship back in the marriage. We need to get the unity back in the homes. Are y'all with me, church? Man, I'm telling you, we need to get this back in our home, but if we're going to do it, we're going to have to cleave together. We're going to have to come together so that we can become this one flesh. Isn't it sweet? Isn't marriage awesome? 
Man, what a blessing. What a blessing to have a spouse and a woman and a a wife in my life that fulfills me and completes me. But not only is she my wife, but she's the mother of my children. And I'll tell you what, I loved her the day that I got married, but every time she had one of my children, I started to love her a little more. And every day, every day, I love her more and more because I look at what she does for my children. I'm the sorriest daddy around. Just ask them, they'll tell you. I've missed 12, 15 ball games already this year. Preaching here, preaching there. You know who's right there? Mama. Mama. I've missed anniversary. I've missed Valentine's Day. I've missed birthday. But you know who's there? Mama. Mama. Praise God for mamas. You know why I am where I am today? Because I had a godly mother who's still praying for me. Bless God for these women. Bless God for these wives. But bless God for these mamas. Aren't you thankful for these good godly mamas? And praise God for all mamas, but praise God for godly mamas. We don't need just mamas. We need godly mamas. And that's how God designed it, that the mama would be a godly mama. We notice the beauty of her existence. Now notice the grief of her life. In Genesis chapter 3, in verse 1 through verse 7, she became the mother of sin. She was the very first one that partook of sin. And why was it sin? Because she disobeyed God. Why was the fruit evil? Because God proclaimed it as evil. And when God says what is right and what's wrong, that's what's right and what's wrong. And the reason that she sinned is because she disobeyed God. Do you know why we have sin in our life? Because of Eve and because of Adam. Adam and Eve messed it up. And she became the mother of sin. And where there is sin, there is grief. And God made them in the garden perfect. They were naked. They didn't even think anything about it because they were not sinners. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was great. They didn't even gripe. Amen? They didn't even have a fight because there was unity in the garden. But sin fell upon mankind. And the woman fell. And the man fell from grace. And that sin brought grief upon us. And when we call her the mother of all living, she's the mother of sin. And because of her sin, we all have sin. And because of Adam's sin, we all have sin. And that day when she fell, she fell. And her bad decision still has been carried on today. And everybody that is born in this world is because we are born of the mother and father of sin. When Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, their bad decision affected their whole family and generations to come. I want you to know this woman was a great woman, but she made mistakes and consequences had to come. We got some great women in this place. Men, y'all should amen that. We got some great mamas in this place. We got some great wives in this place. But you know what? They're still sinners just like Evie is here. And they mess up and they make mistakes. But listen, when these mistakes come, there's consequences. And just as everybody's been affected by Eve, everybody's affected by your decision, Mama. Everybody's affected by the life that you live. That's why it's important to be a godly Mama. I'm telling you, I don't know what a Mama that, that hops the bars is like. I've never heard my Mama cuss. I've never seen her take a drink of alcohol. I don't know what that's like. 
And I praise God for that. But I know a mama that can lose her temper on her son that's hard-headed. Yeah, I've seen her. She's messed up. There's been times that she's messed up and made mistakes. Don't you tell her I said that. But she's a sinner. And it's honest. And it happens. But there's consequences every single time. Not only is she the mother of sin, but she's the mother of sorrow. Look in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Now listen, ladies. And thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. You know why it's so bad? Blame Eve. It's Eve's fault. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That's Bible. I didn't make that up. God said that. That's God's plan. And the curse that fell upon the woman is that she was going to bring forth child in sorrow. And every child that she would bring forth would be sorrow. The conception and the bringing forth would be sorrow. And that she had to submit herself unto the leadership of the husband. Sorrow fell upon this woman. She didn't know what it was to hurt until she became a sinner. She didn't know what it was to be disappointed until she became a sinner. Because where there is sin, there is sorrow. Y'all listen to me now. Don't you lose me. Where there is sin, there is sorrow. And let me tell you something about a mama. A mama knows what sorrow's like. A mama knows what hurt is like. When my dad would get mad and beat me to death, my mama would cry. Because she was moved with emotion. And instead of beating me over the head like my daddy did, my mama would cry and pray for me. And I want you to know that every time that I come in, when I was 19, 20 years old, I would come in the house and mama would come and she'd wait up till 1 o'clock in the morning waiting on me. And she'd come up and kiss me goodnight. And every time she did, she'd go... Oh, and mama knew, and she'd never say a word, but she'd go to that room, and I'd hear her crying. And oh, the sorrow of a woman, the sorrow of a mother, when a daddy's ready to rip a head off, a mama falls to pieces, and she has sorrow. You want to know why I am where I am? Because I had a mama that cried for me and prayed for me. And when my daddy was beating me in line, she was praying me in line. And she wept over me. She cried over me. Man, me and Lacey, we battle a lot over these kids because I got that same line. But she's sorrowful. And she has sorrow for these kids and has compassion for these kids. One time they asked me to coach and, and I said, yeah, that sounds good. She said, Josh, don't you do it. Don't you coach. And I said, why? Because you're so hard on him. I said, well, if you wouldn't baby him, I wouldn't have to be hard on him. But isn't that how that is? And God designed it that way. Because Connor and my kids need the woman of sorrow. They need that mama to pray for them and weep over them. When they get a little scratch, they come to me and I say, walk it off. When they get a little bump on their head, rub dirt on it. Keep on going. But she come, come here, baby. Let me kiss it. Let me hug on you. Praise God for that. Praise God for that loving, compassionate, sorrowful woman that feels sorrow for our life and in our sin. Let me tell you something. No, this woman faced sorrow. You know why? Because she's the mother of sinners. You know she raised the very first murderer. 
she lost her child. Could you imagine what she was going through? You know why? Because she was raising sinners. And when a, a woman of sin is living in this mother of sorrow, she becomes a mother of sinners. Understand what you're raising, mamas. I don't need to tell you this, but you're raising a bunch of sinners. You know why they're so bad? They're a bunch of sinners. People say, oh, my baby's perfect. No, they're not. They're sinners. You know why they act up? Because they're sinners. And kids will be kids. And mamas have to mother sinners. And what drives me crazy with my kids sometimes? Because they're sinners. Half the time I think they're demons. Or the demon is in them. I'm telling you, I try to beat the demon out. You know why? Because they're sinners. They mess up. They make mistakes. They do things that are wrong. But bless God for that mama that comes along. Bless God for that mama that's so loving, so compassionate, so forgiving. Not only was she the mother of sinners, but she became the mother of the Savior. In Genesis 3 and verse 15, he said, I'll put enmity. He's talking to the serpent. He's talking to the devil. He said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The very first prophecy of Jesus Christ is right here in this Scripture. You know what? Through the seed of a woman. Through the seed of man, sin is passed down. When Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth, He could not be born of the seed of man. Bless God, He didn't come from the seed of Adam. He came from the seed of God. But God placed His seed within Mary and from the seed of, of, uh, of Eve. And she became the mother of the Savior. And all these generations down, to, down the line and to come, all these sinners that were born, one day came a Savior. Isn't that awesome? In the midst of all the sorrow, in the midst of all the sin, came a Savior named Jesus. And I want you to know that when He gives this prophecy, He said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Her seed will become the Savior. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his seed. I'll never forget going to the church of the Nativity or something there in Nazareth. Y'all probably seen it. There's this statue of Mary there. And around Mary's feet's a snake, a serpent that's wrapped around her feet, and her heel is picked up, acting like that she's crushing the head of the devil. Let me tell you something. Woman did not crush the head of the serpent. Her seed did. And her seed is Jesus Christ. And as we look at this woman and we see the sinners that came, bless God, we find a Savior that came through her. And through her sorrow and through her pain came a Savior. And because she was a woman of sorrow, because she was a woman of pain, because she was a sinner, bless God, she needed a Savior. Are y'all listening to me this morning? I'm about to shut it down. Y'all keep looking at me. Y'all keep looking at me. Through this woman came Jesus. And all that would come from her was sinners and sinners and sinners. But bless God, one day in Bethlehem, Jesus would be born. Isn't that awesome? Through all these sinners came a Savior. And Jesus still saves today. And as I look at this, and I, I, I read about a woman, I read her role, I read her importance in our life, men, we ought to respect the ladies that God has put in our life. You ought to respect them. Men, respect your wives. She's not your old lady. She's your wife. Boy, I didn't get a lot of amens on that. She's not your old lady. She's your wife. Respect her. Love her. Be her best friend. 
Children, obey your mamas, for it's right in the Lord. Love them, honor them. I don't know what it's like to lose my mama, and I hope it's a long time before I know what it's like. But I thank God that I got to wake up this morning and call down there to West Monroe and say, Mama, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Respect the women that God has placed in our life. And as we go through this, all down the life of a woman, we find a Savior in Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. I want to invite you to be saved today. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you and your mother is not in the right place. Maybe you and your wife is not in the right place. Maybe there's contention. Maybe there's discord. Would you get that right this morning? Life is short, folks. You know why we don't go to bed until we get right and we don't leave the house till we get right? Because I don't want to say something to her before we go to bed and for her to close her eyes to never open them again. And I'd sure hate to know the last thing I ever told my wife is something negative or hateful. And I sure would hate to live in discord with my mama. Well, preacher, you just don't know my mama how hateful she is. It doesn't matter how hateful she is. You love her and respect her because she's not going to be there forever. Get it right today. Get, get communion, get unity back in your life and back in your family.